You're listening to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. Like the show? Become a patron at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. You should write a book, Fry. People need to know about the can eat more. getting this book on UFOs. Did you know they're real? But there's a huge comic conspiracy to cover it up. Oh, that's just a paranoid fantasy. I want to be a book that you can pick me up, flip through my pages, make sure nobody drew wieners in me. Welcome to the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we read them so you don't have to. My name is Kevin, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host Benedict, a man so amazing that Cat Fancy Magazine once called him a meowsing. One of the greatest honors of my life, honestly. (laughs) Benedict, how are you today? I am very well, Kevin, thank you. It's good to be back doing a brand new thing. Isn't it great to be back? Yeah. Listeners of the old show that shall not be named uh, will remember that we promised you a long time ago that this new show was coming. Uh, and as as I always have to do, um, I have to explain that any and all delays were Benedict's fault. Because oh, I, w- I, <laughs> I was going to volunteer <laughs> that and, and be good about it and be nice about it and say it was my fault. But actually now I'm not so inclined to do oh, so. Of course. So. All right. Yep, because I came out swinging. I came out yep. swinging. As you do, so, you know, as uh, you are wont to do, you've been holding that back for about a year. So that's <laughs> almost. fine. Almost. We're getting close to, I think we're about six months uh, since uh, since the last episode aired. But we are back. And yes, we are here with the new show, the Not Your Grandmother's Book Club podcast, where we are going to be continuing to read all of the wonderful and amazing right-wing fan fiction that we have before. And we are super excited about this new podcast uh, mm. And everything that we're doing, so uh, no, I hope that everyone's on, going to enjoy hold it. Hold on, hold on. You, okay, I am excited about the podcast. Yes, but you said everything that we're doing and that encompasses reading the books, which I am decidedly not excited about. But that's fine. Carry on. Yes, yes, and of course I decided to to record this this new show, uh, the very first episode, with my voice uh, sounding terrible because I was I was yelling and screaming all last night. Uh, but I promise that will be better in the future. And uh, so why don't we, we talk a little bit about how this show is going to work uh, for all of our new listeners and returning listeners who have been awaiting with bated breath uh, this show to come. So we are going to start out here for the beginning parts of, uh, of this new show uh, doing a two-episode-a-month format for all you guys. And we're going to be doing, I believe, a once-a-month patron-only bonus exclusive which in the beginning, uh, we are going to be doing the the final chapters of the book that we never finished on the old show, which is, uh, I have to look at my bookshelf because I don't even remember right now. Oh, the Mullard uh, one. The Russia Hoax by Greg yeah. Jarrett. Mullard would have been finished. a better title. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we will be, actually, he does have a second book now. I, oh, really? I know this because my crazy evangelical aunt gave it to my dad for Christmas. Oh, no. <laughs> That's not great. So man. that was fantastic. But anyways, so we are going to be finishing that book off over for the patrons over on patreon.com forward slash NYGBC. Uh, and I am um, also going to be... 
sorry, just to quickly interrupt, I might have thrown that book away, so... <laughs> we might have well, to... we will figure something out yeah. there. Yeah, okay, uh, sure. We might have to get you another copy. I thought uh, I was done with it. Yes, yes. So, but we will be doing that, and I will be, in addition, I will be going back into all the old episodes. This is going to be just for patrons, so you're going to have to join over at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. Uh, I will be going back to all the old episodes of the old show and cutting out all the book review segments so that they will be there for patrons to listen to if they want to oh, hear man. any of that Dinesh is going to be there? Classic Great stuff. News. Dinesh's Great stuff is going to be there because as of now, my understanding is it's not available on the internet anymore uh, because I stopped paying for the web hosting on the old oh. website and all that stuff. So it's no longer accessible except if you become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash nygbc. Nice. So, in addition, like I said, we're going to be doing two episodes a month to start off here. Uh, we're going to be setting some goals over on Patreon, and when we cross a certain threshold, I think, we're going to be uh, increasing the number of episodes that we do per month. So that'll be something that uh, we hope that inspires everyone to go over there and join and become a patron and support the show. Uh, and so uh, we'll be announcing what those goals are uh, soon, coming up. But uh, when that happens, of course, we'll, we'll possibly go to the the normal once-a-week format that we had in the past. Uh, but that's it for explaining the new show. For now, why don't we explain what we're going to be reading on this show, which I'm sure everyone is incredibly excited for. We originally, when we, we announced this new show was coming, said we were going to be reading an entirely different book. It was Ann Coulter's book in Trump We Trust. But, but, in the months after that announcement, something came out which was so much more exciting and so much more wonderful that we just had to change and we had to go with this new book. We are, of course, reading Donald Trump Jr.'s book, Triggered. Yes. Uh, how the so left thrives exciting. on hate and wants to silence us. I mean, that subtitle is not totally inaccurate. I do wish he would shut up, like, a lot of the time, but that's fine as, yes. Yes, <laughs> as it that goes. Yes, that's right. We are we are going to be reading uh, this week on this episode, chapters one and two of Triggered by Donald Trump Jr., the only man in America with resting daddy, please love me face. Uh, <laughs> that's not true. I have that too. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> so to start off with, I went to Amazon.com. That's where I bought this book. And I am, of course, a verified purchaser, so I can leave my own review. But I haven't done that yet. I have not. I've decided I will wait until I've read the entire book to leave my... Uh, my review of it there, because obviously some of the people who did purchase this book did not wait that long to leave their review. Some of them <laughs> made their review before the book was even available, so that's how I know they <laughs> did not. But uh, I thought there were two reviews uh, which stood out to me and which, which highlighted, I think, the, the quality of this book. Uh, these are both, of course, one-star reviews. Uh, okay. The first one reading, Honestly, the best book Trump Jr. has ever written. <laughs> Completely it's the only, only factually one, right? accurate. Joke? Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. cool. Just, I was completely just factually accurate, and I have to respect that. I have to respect yeah. that. The you other one, the, game. Yeah, the other one reads: I am giving him one star because I was fully expecting macaroni pictures, crayon drawings, and stick figures. Instead, I got a few hundred pages of incoherent lies and nonsense. I want my money back, which I think is the much more detailed and more honest version of what this book is about. Fair enough. <laughs> I would just like to say, also, I, I also purchased this on Amazon. And normally, I would encourage people to support their local bookstores because Amazon often screws over the authors when it comes to books. But here, 
I was completely fine with that and thus purchased it on Amazon. So Yeah, no such holding back uh, on this one. No reason to uh well, I guess I guess you could give some money to your local. I actually live above a bookstore right now, so I do feel bad when I, I buy things from Amazon. Just go and, and give them. them ten bucks though and be like I bought Just this go guy. give the bookstore ten bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> support your local so, bookstores is what we're saying. Or what yeah, I Yeah, support your local bookstores. Support your local bookstores and not your local right wing authors. Anyways, why don't we get started with this book, Triggered by Donald Trump Jr., which is the concept of unearned confidence in book form. (laughs) So starting off with chapter number one, which is titled Trigger Warning. Of course it is. Why uh, wouldn't it be? I I did an alternate chapter title. Did you remember to do an alternate chapter title? No, I wrote, reads like this is one of our joke old alternate chapter titles, though, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, mine for this first chapter, which I think perfectly encapsulated, is No, You Are. <laughs> which is, after reading the chapter, you have to admit that's just pretty accurate. See, I think that's a better title for, for chapter two, actually. But that's okay. Mm. I might use that as my alternate chapter title for chapter two because I didn't write one. <laughs> <laughs> so to start off this book, the very first words that are written in this book are I'm not mad. Sorry, hold on. Yeah, you're not doing that justice. First of all, that is all caps. Also, just something else that I wanted to point out. If you go through this book and like take the, because all the first words are in all caps. So -hmm. if you go through this book, at least for the first few chapters, it's I'm not mad. I don't know. I was only (laughs) four, which is, (laughs) so I'm I'm hoping there's a secret message written in the all caps words. It's a secret message from Q. That's what it is. So that's yeah, that's that's where I'm hoping. Which makes goes. perfect sense given that a bunch of the Amazon reviews I looked over did have WW one WGA or whatever the fuck their thing is. <laughs> where we go one, we go oh whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the QAnon stuff. Yeah. So anyways, this chapter starts off with look. Everyone's called a traitor once or twice in their lives, right? Everyone gets falsely accused and wrongly investigated by the FBI and has to testify in front of Congress for 30 hours. No, that's just you actually were correctly accused of doing things that you did. Here's the thing with this. I've written about the writing a lot in these pages. Mm -hmm. There are not that many pages, and I've written just like, ugh, next to the writing a lot. (laughs) I hate this folksy thing that he's going for. Like, look, guys, let's gather around and speak some honest truths here. (laughs) I hate that shit. Also, I assumed, because I was just skimming it, because I didn't really want to think about what I was reading, I assumed this was about Hillary Clinton being made to sit through meaningless hearings by by the, the... partisan uh people on the other side of the aisle so apparently it's not it's about him and and the russia stuff but whatever Mm -hmm. so he explains that of course his his plan was to write a a feel-good book about forgiveness and healing uh and of course that's not what he decided to do so he says instead of chicken soup over the next 300 pages or so i'll take you on a tour of the craziest most destructive ideas that the left has come up with in the last decade or more which at first I have to say this page is only 285 pages long. Uh, so don't don't say 300 pages. Don't try and, try and stretch it. And you probably noticed, because your focus has been on the writing, that every sentence reads like an undergrad trying to hit a word count. Yeah, it, I was just going to say that. It's it, it's like I've, I've tried very hard to make this 300 pages and I got within 10%. And that is all you can ask of me because I am a 19-year-old <laughs> student and I almost did what I was supposed to do. 
The dictionary describes meeting a word count as getting close to the number of words that are required to meet the count that is the number that the teacher or professor, (laughs) who is the person who... The only other thing I can assume happened is that as much as this book is very, very scantily edited, clearly, Mm -hmm. I can only assume he did write 300 pages and 15 pages of it just got (laughs) cut completely. Like 15 pages worth of words were just completely like next. We don't have space for That's very much possible. It's very much possible. But just the editor writing in the margins, we can't use racial slurs. (laughs) You can't. Use racial slurs. God, that editor committed that. That editor defenestrated himself. Yeah, uh, which is a a fancy word uh, for jumping out of a window. In case most you famously aware. happened uh, where? Most famously happened. I don't know in that Netflix documentary yeah. I haven't watched yet. In, in Prague, the defenestration <laughs> of Prague. It was a it was a major event uh, in the Middle Ages. There you go. I was unaware. There I was completely go. unaware. Mr. You see, History. who you learn something new in these podcasts every damn day. <laughs> So we go through this, and, and the majority of this first chapter, which is very short, right? It's only six pages. This yeah, first it's, chapter. A for, it's a foreword, essentially. Right. It's, it's a trigger It, be, it should have been titled Introduction or Foreword. It, yeah. really sh- it has nothing, it, has, it adds nothing of, of course, none of this book adds anything of substance, so I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but this beginning portion is basically him claiming that the Mueller investigation and everything is all bullshit, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. That's well, all it can is. Well, can I just read a little passage? Because I yes, hate it. Yes, of course. And of course you what can. else is this podcast for but for yelling about things mm-hmm. that we hate? So again, this writing style, here we go. He says, so he says basically he's not operating in an official capacity as a spokesperson for yes. his, that, whatever. Uh, and then he, I have that highlighted. He, I know exactly what you're going he to point goes out. In to say, so if I were to say something like, oh, I don't know, Adam Smith's a lying ass clown, or Robert Mueller's a feeble old fool who got used by Democrats, you know, if I were to hypothetically say these things, oh, what a bad boy. What a what, what a, a bad, bad boy, boy he is! Not not saying these things, but clearly wink, wink, ha- hinting that he is saying these things. I I hate it. Is it lying ass clown, or is it lying ass clown? I think I think technically there should be a hyphen because I think lying ass is is the adjective. See, this book is going to make us argue over the various grammatical properties of yeah. curses and put downs but, but ass, like we've uh, never had ass, to deal ass with clown before. can be a can be a noun as well right that's a i believe ass clown can be both both a noun and an adjective yes this is correct well it's whether it's lying ass clown <laughs> lying ass is the adjective and then clown is the noun or lying as the adjective and then ass clown as the, people as the this noun. is how little substance is in this book <laughs> this is what we have to pick out to talk about I don't know. That's a, a good question. Kristen, so has he goes got, through... Kristen has gone to get her headphones as we talk about <laughs> this. So he goes through uh, a series of random attacks on various individuals, like you mentioned, Adam Schiff, Robert Mueller. We'll get more of them throughout this book. And he starts to throw out a straw man about what Triggered is. Because, well, of course, on. that's he what also, this is about. He, he also says... Uh, discourse exists only for leftists. Leftists, when conservatives do it, they call it hate speech. I was just like, well, may- might I suggest not doing a hate speech? That is probably <laughs> yes. We call it hate speech because it. you're doing hate speech. <laughs> because you're doing hate speech. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, but I don't know if you're aware of this, Donald. But uh, saying that all Mexicans are a bunch of rapists, and I'm sure there's some good ones too. That's that's not discourse. That is hate speech. Yeah, that is. Uh, that's yeah, the only description we can accurately give that. Sort of speech. So, 
He talks about what he thinks a trigger warning is, and he says, while conservatives usually get worked up over important things, such as killing of babies or stripping away of our natural rights as human beings, what liberals, with liberals, the trigger tends to be much sillier. And of course, the entirety of these first two chapters we read is basically a bunch of straw man triggers that he yeah. saw someone get mad about on Twitter. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, Twitter's not real life. But it's bit, this this whole first chapter is, are you triggered? Are you triggered yet? Are you? Are you triggered? Are you? Are you, are you triggered? <laughs> it's very weird. Yes, absolutely. So but we yeah, do have some but, subheadings. But it, no, no, he goes, in, he goes into an example. And I, uh, he says, if oh, you yes. say capitalism is better than socialism, they freak out. <laughs> which is pretty much entirely untrue. Benedict, among, Benedict among how liberals. dare you say that? How dare you say that on this podcast? I know, I know. How dare you say that on the evening that Mitt Romney truly became Pierre Delecto? <laughs> how dare you say that? <laughs> but I mean, that just beyond anything else, amongst liberals, that is largely untrue. If you talk about... You, I saw Chris Matthews the other day t- saying that he was, he was worried that he might be taken into Central Park and shot if Bernie Sanders became president. So that's, <laughs> you know, let's, let's chill out with the whole liberals love socialism more than they love yeah. capitalism line. Oh, God, this book, this book. But so we get we get uh, our first subheading of the book, which I, I don't think there's very many of, but there is one here, and it is titled Your Trigger Warning. And it contains a list of people who he says should stop reading now. <laughs> stop reading this book now. So uh, here's the list that he gives us of people who should stop reading this book. If you find any of the following even remotely offensive, patriotism, masculinity, hunting, MAGA hats, <laughs> The American flags, guns, sex. Okay, all his li- all his readers have to stop now. Uh, religion, Roseanne Barr. That's such criticism a of stupid ideas. Going to bat for Roseanne Barr, like my list of twelve non-negotiables includes Roseanne Barr. Like, what? How did we get here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's three more. Capitalism skyscrapers <laughs> who fight skyscrapers offensive. i think because his dad built skyscrapers I back know. in the day i like i think that's why but this but is where i'm talking about he's trying to hit a word count yeah. this is exactly it. or the use of the word christmas during the christmas season then you should definitely stop reading I, definitely I, I, it's hyphenated or, or, or it's italicized, italicized. Yeah. I really, I really wanted him to accidentally say use of the word Christmas during the holiday season, which sadly he didn't. <laughs> but that's yeah, uh, that would have been that would have been it's better. It's just such a bizarre list of things, like right. Oh, it, it's a also, bunch as, of random if, things. Who does he think he, this book is marketed to? Like, who does he does he think anyone other than us that believes that? Any it's of those no, things... no, no. Let's tell. I'll tell you who this book is marketed to. It's marketed to people who have extensive bookshelves full of books they have never read. Yeah. That's who this book well, is marketed to. I mean, that that could also describe me to a certain extent, <laughs> but that's just because I'm ambitious hey, about it. I have read every single comic book that is on my bookshelf. I can promise you that much. Okay. I can very much promise but, you that but, much. But my point being, like, who does, who does he think this book got into the hands of that he needs to add this disclaimer the, oh, the, just, the RNC. That's who it got into the hands of, as we learned when the New York Times That's released true. it with the dagger on their bestsellers yeah, list to, the to heart announce the there had been bulk purchases of the book by a political organization. Yeah. So, of course, that's who it was meant for. Yeah. So None anyway, of whom read the, it. Then, then we get this stupid, are they gone? Good. I thought I'd yes. have to break out my MAGA hat shit, which is not 
Sorry, are we swearing on this? Are we, are we good still? Yes, yes, we're yeah, swearing. Okay, okay. We're swearing. Right, yeah, and, and then now, now that it's just us, now that it's just us patriots here, this is this is where who he's talking to now, because of course he's he's kicked all those leftist liberals out, even though we're still here. Why are we still here? I don't know. We, we could do I'd, anything else. <laughs> honestly, I put I, I put the book down after this, so I'm flying blind. You have to drive this conversation pretty. <laughs> But uh, so yeah, he, he, this is this is the very end of the chapter. It's a very short chapter, like I mentioned. Uh, but the, there was one little thing he put in here, uh, which is of course that the racist slur, the slur of racist used by leftists, is it's the liberal trump card. And I love that, this description that he did of it. He said, "It's the easy button of left wing politics, just like in those old Staples commercials." <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I missed this one. I think I I have to grow up in America to understand. Oh, this you poor non-American. Okay, yeah. but by those old Staples commercials, he means commercials that ran five years ago. Oh, really? Where uh, Staples had an easy button and you hit it and a thing is solved, and that that was the whole. It's just such a dumb way to describe things. But what do you expect from a man child? So that is the end of this first chapter here. Of course, he, he, there's one little thing also. He says there are stacks of books we're no longer allowed to well, read, public figures who are no longer allowed to speak yeah, in public. I, I have that highlighted, and, like, that's just not true. Like, being cancelled for for someone who is already a... Okay, so there are things with cancellation where people who don't have much of an audience can be bullied off a platform or whatever. But people who have already large audiences such as for example the author of the bell curve charles murray he just put another book out he's hardly been cancelled like these people normally continue to get fat checks from right-wing organizations and and i love that you brought up murray i love that you brought up murray and i think i know why it's because the page before that quote about books no longer being allowed is is one of his examples of the racism the word racist being used yeah where he says math is hard it's racist obviously and i meant is he referring to charles murray is that what he's talking to yeah and also yeah he's then like oh just ask dave Chappelle." like dave Chappelle is doing fine like (laughs) He said some pretty shitty stuff yeah, about and, trans and people. And B, Donnie like, Jr., Dave yeah. Chappelle hates you. Yeah. He's definitely not on your side at all. Oh, uh, by the way, I got to work. I got to see Dave Chappelle. I worked uh, the uh, Kennedy Center event where he was on. Nice. I got uh, as a caterer. I, I worked there, so I got to see him. Okay. And uh, and most deaf as well, which was fantastic. Oh, most deaf. Really? Completely beside the point. Yeah, but just showing off. Yeah, just showing off that I work. I work in catering, guys. So it's kind of a big deal, you know. <laughs> I got to I, I got to hand food to uh, our our great education secretary Betsy DeVos. Literally happened. Nice. I put a plate of food in front of her. Okay. Uh, we we all know yeah. what that means. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, so, so no, he, that absolutely is not what you think it means. <laughs> I ate so he her says, cake. What, what um, next? What next? Book burning, and I've just written. God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe when we decide what we're going to do with these books when we're finished with them, we'll we'll have to we'll have to decide whether that's warranted. But let's go on to chapter two, which is titled Counterpunch. Yeah, my alternate chapter title for this one is No, you are <laughs> <laughs> laziness, true yeah. laziness. Uh, I I had two. I could have given you one of these if I was nice, but uh, my alternate chapter titles are No Collusion, No Writing Talent, <laughs> and uh, Dinesh D'Souza Plagiarism. Those oh, it is. Yeah, I, I, I definitely basically. wrote about Dinesh twice in my notes here. 
Well, we know that Donnie is close friends with Dinesh. That's true. Having, uh, he went I think, to the hosted premiere, his right? opening night party. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think he hosted that oh, premiere wow. party for Dinesh's movie, uh, which, by the way, uh, that will also be on the patron-only feed. I will get the, the movie review that we did of Dinesh D'Souza's documentary uh, and put that up on the patron-only page for everyone, because that was was just a treat, uh, which we did with Thomas Smith and Aaron Rabbi. That was that was wonderful, so I'll find that, and I'll put that on Patreon as well. Um but we start off this chapter with, like you said, the highlight, the capitalized words, I don't know, which could be the chapter in its entirety. Could honestly just be the entirety of the chapter. Yep. It would be just as, as worthwhile as what he actually wrote. But he says, I don't know if you've heard, but the Mueller report is out. Turns out I'm not a Russian agent after all. And no, he's not. He was just an asset, not an agent. There's a <laughs> distinction that needs to be made. <laughs> yep, that's, that is correct. Yeah, it, it's, and it's very weird. It's, I, of course it's, he goes on to criticize the, the Mueller investigation as having not a single Republican. Not a single Republican. The, the, okay, the problem with the way that... This is a serious point. I am not joking now. The, the problem with the way that people approach politics now is they reduce their entire identities down to whether they have... Which party they declare their affiliation for. Whereas mm-hmm. most people, despite which party they're voting for, even if it's Republicans that doesn't define their whole identity and how they behave, especially at their job. So if it, it doesn't matter who you're voting for, the, the thing they always try to do is link anyone within the what they call the swamp to having voted for Democrats and implying that they're uh-huh. inherently evil and must be part of some massive conspiracy because of that. Whereas literally there are two parties to vote for you'll probably have voted for one of them at least once. Like, you might have even voted for both of them once in your life if you've been in D.C. for long enough. So. Yeah, absolutely. And see, the, the point I was going to point out, which I think is much simpler, is that Robert Mueller himself is a Republican. Yeah, I thought true. that was a much simpler way of getting through the bullshit. But you are absolutely correct, right? We've gone to a place where your legitimacy is based upon your party affiliation. Yeah. And particularly with regards to these investigations and everything, no Democrat in the eyes of the Trump-Publican party has any legitimacy. The only people who would would be Republicans mm. if they did the investigation. And, of course, if those people found something incriminating, then they're never Trumpers, which are worse than Democrats, I'm I pretty so, sure. Yeah. yeah, and it's something we used to say previously is that they people see the worst of themselves in other people is uh mm. is is the thing that we've got to watch out for here so absolutely so we move on into this chapter we get into it and it starts with him talking about how he felt how he feels now that the Mueller investigation is over and of course he's he's not relieved because he knew he did nothing wrong nothing yeah. at all and he said it's it's like a tinfoil hat brigade we think the yeah. moon landing was staged in a television studio which by the way is a, a large number of Trump voters, who think we're keeping aliens in Area 51, and he puts in a parenthetical, if you really want to see aliens, the first place I'd look would be in Nancy Pelosi's office. Why are you writing that? Like, what? what is the purpose of that? It's real, like, my dad's bigger than your dad's stuff. Like, honestly, it's, it's oh, so I guarantee childish. You, 
He thought of that line while he was out on his patio smoking cigars and ran inside to his computer to type it before I, he forgot. I would not He thought that, that was the cleverest thing anyone had ever come up with. Yeah, and then just after that, he claims that Trump is the only president in the history of this country who was elected without the approval of the ruling class, which, whether you like the other ones that were or not, is definitely not true. Andrew Jackson was not approved of by the ruling class, nor was FDR, who was surrounded by people of that class who went on to hate him and call him a class traitor because he was so pro pro social democracy and he came from the roosevelt family which was one of the wealthiest families on the eastern seaboard okay communist anyways (laughs) we move on to this this one this one paragraph which to me uh uh is the most bullshit thing in this entire okay he's talking about what his lawyers said oh, yeah, to him funny. well this is also- which for one okay. thing for Hold one on. thing a, Just- a lawyer would have had to review this book they would have had to review this book because there is possible uh information Donald Trump Jr would be privy to by merit of his father being president of the United States this book had to be reviewed by an attorney before it was published to make sure that there was nothing being published that was classified or restricted or anything yeah. like that so a lawyer read through this book a lawyer who read through this book would know you shouldn't say that if it was true, which it isn't, but you shouldn't say that your lawyers approached you and told you to do something and talk about the discussion you had with them because that, that gets rid breaks of attorney, attorney client privilege, client privilege. Yes. and now you have no privilege over that conversation. All right. In addition, <laughs> there's this ridiculous statement that goes along with it where he says, I politely declined. Shortly after that, my father, yes, my father, Donald J. Trump, our tweeter-in-chief, the so-called Shakespeare of 140 characters, (laughs) told me that I might be getting a little too hot on social media. No one in the history of the world has called Donald Trump the Shakespeare yeah, of 140 I, characters. Except I guess Don Jr. because that's the that's the only way that can be true. Yes, yes. And he also calls himself a shit talker par excellence. Yeah, I was really hoping he would forget the, the hyphen there. <laughs> yes. He, again, the editor clearly caught that. Yes, yes. And, and then, I mean, to, to com- complete all that bullshit, he says that those lawyers, after the investigation was over, came back to him and told him he had been right all along to hit the Democrats so hard. Which I uh, know. Okay. Yeah. Go now, A go, shitty go lawyer, maybe. And if anyone is known to hire shitty lawyers, it is the Trumps. Rudy Giuliani. No lawyer in their right mind would say things like that to a client. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I, my my literary note here is that it's all written, and all of what you said is true, but all of this is written in that shitty, like, faux David Foster Wallace style, you know, where people do, like, the, the long paragraph followed by a paragraph that is only, I was... And then another long yes. paragraph. It just it's I hate yes. it. I hate it so. The, it's the it, first. You know, the ghostwriter of this book is, you know, clearly a David Foster Wallace fan. I would. I yeah, would imagine. the first chapter of Infinite Jest, where you just can't follow what the fuck is going yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. I think that describes this book pretty well. Yep. Yes. So he does describe in one sentence. Uh, his actual involvement in everything that led up to the Mueller investigation, which he says, I mean, look, candidly, I got one unsolicited email. That's it. Yeah. That's the entirety of what he wrote, which is 
not only completely dishonest and leaves out the fact that he responded to said email in multiple emails and asked for a conversation yeah. with the person who if claimed to true, have dirt I on love Hillary it. Clinton. If this is true, I love it. Um, <laughs> oh, can I, you, you skipped over my favorite bit, which is he said, we couldn't have, uh, as I've often said, we couldn't have colluded to order a cheeseburger, which seems right and really like says a lot about how no, they stumbled uh, actually, into Actually, he's, he's pretty much uh, proving himself to be lying there because we have seen photographs of Donald Trump eating cheeseburgers, which someone obviously ordered for him. Yep. Two people working in unison, that is collusion, colluding to order a cheeseburger. That's it. So we move on, we get to we get more complaining about Robert Mueller, uh, talking about Robert Mueller when he's before Congress and the the bullshit that all the everyone on the right was throwing at him that oh look at him he's stuttering. He can't remember things off the top of his head in a several thousand page long report yeah. uh, and has to go in and check on them before answering questions and he's trying to be precise and give exact answers. Yeah. Also, so of course that I means mean, he didn't actually have anything to do with it. I, I write, well basically they're accusing him of not having written the report himself. Because he couldn't yes. remember exactly where things were. In the book. I write Which, every day. I could not tell you what mm-hmm. I wrote last week. Like, it, I, the fact that they think people have a photographic memory of things that they've mm-hmm. written. You could print out a piece and tell me I wrote it a year and a half ago. And I, there is a 50-50 chance of whether I remember it or not. Okay, but here's the point. No one ever claimed that Robert Mueller himself alone wrote the entirety oh, yeah, of the, the report. Thing, yeah. Because that's not how those sorts of reports are done. That would be ridiculous to think that Robert Mueller wrote the report. That's why he hired a bunch of really good, experienced lawyers, because that's what lawyers do, and you need a team of them to write thousands of pages of a report. Yep, that is true. So, I mean, one thing, there are a couple of things that I think were kind of fair. To be, let, let's give Don Jr. credit for one second. So okay, you can do that. Okay. I will. I will hold so, judgment until things, after what you have to things. say. Okay. So the two points that I think he made, and they are basically throw throwaway points. The first is that Barack Obama did make fun of Mitt Romney, telling him that anti-Russian foreign policy is was stupid. Mm-hmm. I and and I think actually Obama probably was mostly right about that. You know, there has been this whole Russia thing. But I don't think mm-hmm. it's, it, it, it has been kind of blown out of proportion. And it's more that, that there are just goons in the administration that will take help from anyone that, who's willing to give it. So that's my first point. My second one is uh, that the stock market has indeed got a lot better since Trump's election. <laughs> but that oh, is So you're referring little... to the Paul Krugman line. Yeah, yeah. The Paul Krugman line that he quotes in here. Yeah. Where Paul Krugman said that Donald Trump was going to crater the stock market and our economy and cause a recession. Yeah, which could well have happened. And the stock market is basically not linked to any it policy decision. It could still happen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the stock market is largely untethered from any actual policy decision that happens. It's its its, its own animal propped up by the strength of the economy but you're trying to prove a counterfactual if you think that that wouldn't have just continued to happen if someone else had been elected president for example right and that that ties into where he gets to talking about all the critics right all the trumpers love to talk about the critics who all got it wrong even though we know that it was basically the luckiest day in donald trump's life that he won that election he won by seventy-seven thousand votes in the right places yeah that 77,000 votes in the right places would have turned the entire election the other way. It was by no means a sweeping victory, especially when you consider he lost the, the, the popular vote by the largest margin in history in a presidential election. But 
He says that all the experts proved what we've known all along, that they are full of shit. And God damn it, stop writing like an angry blogger. Jesus yeah. Christ. I, I get that you can use swearing in writing to add emphasis to do all these sorts of things, but he's just writing it like he's talking. Yeah. Like he would swear, like how I use, you know, shit to punctuate the end of every sentence. Yeah. Which is not how you write. Your writing is supposed to be a better form of your speech than the way you speak in conversation. Uh, th- I, in an ideal world, yes. In an ideal mm-hmm. world, yes. But he talks about then how, of course, uh, you know, the popular opinion was that Trump supporters were going to riot in the streets mm. and refuse to accept the results and begin an underground coup against the duly elected president, Hillary Clinton. And of course, as we know, as we've seen since the election, it was actually the Democrats who did all of those things. Yeah. They rioted in the streets, of course, because we know that that's uh, an accurate description of all the protests that may have had some tangential yeah, the, violence the, the women's march and such yeah yeah yes Riots. of course the women's march at which i i was at and of course as a white man uh, i was beaten half to death for, for being a white man uh, at the women's march uh, i i yes I, I completely understand how andy go feels now uh and and of course it gets much worse it gets much worse because we get to the greatest thing the greatest thing that has ever happened and ever been written about, which was Rand Paul being attacked oh, by yeah. his neighbor. That was that was good. So hold on, just quickly yes. before you go. Um, there's a nice little Dinesh throwback as well. The Democrats, the party mm-hmm. that founded the KKK. Yes. Yep. Do you know? Just got to get that in there. Uh, for all this, this, this is throwbacks for all the old time listeners yeah, who, who exactly. know exactly what we're talking nice about. Little, yeah. Nice little callback. Um, b- b- yeah, and then the Rand Paul stuff, which was not, as far as I'm aware, linked to politics in any way. It was a, it was a thing about a hedge or something, right? Right. So th- Rand Paul, of course, still says, oh, he, he attacked me because he was a leftist, right? When in reality, and the court, I looked up the court documents before we started uh, recording this. There's some reporting on it where they've pulled the court documents, so I don't have to go into PACER or anything to get them. But essentially what happened was uh, Rand Paul was repeatedly stacking piles of brush on the edge of his land next to this guy's house and the guy hated it because it was blocking his view and it was ugly and etc so three times he the other guy who attacked Rand Paul hauled away this pile of brush to the dump to get rid of it and then Rand Paul did it again (laughs) and he was out there blowing leaves off of his lawn onto this other guy's lawn which is why the guy got angry. And there's no excuse for, you know, attacking someone and beating no, them up, blah, don't blah, blah. Beat people up. But to, to label this whole thing as being based on their politics and because the neighbor was a leftist and it's this evil, politically motivated attack is so ridiculous, yeah. it's laughable. Well, it's the same thing and as, he as leads reducing that everyone into. to their political affiliation again. Right, right. But he leads that into attacks on Ilhan Omar. Weird attacks. <laughs> Just like weird speculation, it's the stupid like marrying the brother shit that is obviously yes. untrue. But it's just like but the, oh, the weirder it's part true is what he not, compares that yeah. to. What he compares that to, he says, "Nice, right?" And they say Donald Trump is the one who's vulgar, but they won't say anything about Omar allegedly marrying her brother to enter the country illegally. What do those things have anything Nothing. to do with? Nothing. They have nothing to do with each other. And the whole thing was about Ilhan Omar retweeting uh, who was the Tom Arnold's tweet. About yeah. the Rand Paul attack. The yeah. two have nothing to do with... Why would you talk about the second because of the first? The, this, you, these people you don't think it's, it just, it's sense. a dog whistle. Um, but we, of course, we, we get into the greatest leftist violence 
um, <laughs> that's ever been committed. Uh, this is, look, I, I, I need to bring my, the tone down a little bit because this is disgusting. It is vile and it is really upsetting. And I know I, I need to put in a trigger warning here for any uh, uh, conservatives who might be listening. Uh, you really do need this trigger warning because when I think about, when I think about Sarah Huckabee Sanders oh, being asked to leave a restaurant <laughs> with her family, with her family, <laughs> because she works in the White House and the owner of and, the restaurant didn't like her. Yeah, it's bad. It's is, bad. It is just honestly the worst thing that I've ever heard about in my life. <laughs> and then, and then when you bring out after that, and this is where it really did home. How the vice president went to see Hamilton and the staff stood on stage afterwards and very nicely told him that he represents everyone and not just his voters and that he shouldn't be really mean to gay people and all that kind of stuff. Um, It's really an attack on everything that right wing people stand for. And I really, I really need everyone to just... um, Give me a moment to collect myself <laughs> for all of that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you've seen the, uh, if are you okay now? Are you good? I think I think I'm okay. okay. Yeah, I, I think I've made I've made it through. I'm out the yeah. other side. I, I remember seeing that Pence stuff at the time, and it's just it's such a like babyish. Also, this is the guy that's like words aren't violence, but these words were violence, which is very weird. <laughs> well, he says right, he's going through things like oh, people are people have come up to me in restaurants and booed me or whatever and stuff like that. Who gives a shit? Uh, but he also he says, and this I think this I think is is astonishing and wonderful. He says, not all Democrats are leftists. Many are good people. Some even voted for my father. And the Venn diagram for those two things in his mind are one circle. Yeah. Uh, good Democrats and people who voted for his father. There, there is no difference between no, those two in his mind. It's also a very small sample size. It's probably about ten people. Yes. Most yes. of whom work for the news. So, and, and, you know, right, this is where we get more of, oh, I was at dinner with my brother for his birthday, and they came in and were yelling at us, and, uh, you know, there's, oh, th- and this, this okay, this actually did uh, get to me, because he writes about the April 2017. Oh, yeah, were you there? Uh, yes, yes, it's one of the many that I was at. You remember that that whole uh, summer, and, and most of that those two years, when there were repeatedly white supremacists and militias from out of state coming to Berkeley... To hold their little rallies and yeah. carry their guns and be maniacs. Uh, when I was there photographing it all, because at the time you and I were working for, yep. let's not say, yep. but yep. a terrible yep. online uh, website, which we no longer work for. Nope. Uh, but uh, I was there taking pictures of everything. And, you know, of course, one of my favorite things was trying to uh, spot all the neo-Nazi tattoos on all of these so-called patriots. But, of course, Antifa was out there to fight them. And look, there's... Plenty of problems with Antifa and people who just go out there looking to fight each other, and it's what it's what the right wants. They want that violence, and it's not it's not productive. Yeah. And I understand the anger at the people, but uh, I I just don't think violence is an answer to anything. Can, that call yeah. me crazy. Can I can I just you know say something? Here? So the, the the point here is that someone was hitting people with a big old bicycle U lock, right, mm-hmm. and attacking people who were doing their thing over there but then right. the way he phrases as many as 11 people fell from the blows makes it sound like people died <laughs> nobody died no no they, that was so the, you're thinking of a different rally over. you're thinking of a different rally where someone died donnie 
that was your yeah. rally and that was your guy who killed people killed that, one do, person do head you, or higher genuinely do you think that is phrased deliberately to pe- like so that people think people died of course that? Like, and that that's something right we we have we don't talk we don't read a lot of direct quotes from these books because they're long and boring we just talk about what they're saying but we should point out that a lot of the language and a lot of the things that are written are deliberately skewed to be partial truths yeah. or to skew in the direction that he wants them to go. Obviously, the full truth of all these things is much less favorable to his position. Mm. And, uh, I mean, obviously, with for example, the, the I don't remember which one was April 2017 because there were several throughout that summer, but all of them... To say that it was Antifa coming in and attacking people when when I was there, you know, taking pictures and interviewing people, it was both sides wanting to fight. That's what it was. Both sides were there. Both sides brought clubs and sticks and weapons and tried to attack each other. And, and there's by claiming it was just one side doing that is completely wrong and completely dishonest. Yeah. Of course, I shouldn't have to say that on our comedy podcast, <laughs> but I guess I do. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's wrap this fucking chapter up. Yes, let's wrap this fucking chapter up with, of course, the greatest victim uh, who has ever lived. Former editor for Quillette, Andy Go, who, of course, as we know, was brutally attacked on the streets of Portland with a, uh, a milkshake. He was he was milkshaked. Yeah, I mean uh, he, did, course, he, he did get hit in the head a few times, right? Yeah, he got hit not, in the head. Not great. But, but. but you can't overlook the way he portrayed that entire incident, claiming he was hit with a concrete milkshake. Yeah, that did not happen. It did not happen. Absolutely did not happen. Yeah, and that's it. That's it for the chapter. Other than uh, on this last page, where he says, uh, oh, "If all those had been isolated incidents, it'd be one thing, but they're not." All over the country, leftists are organizing marches, shutting down speakers, and committing horrible acts of violence. Yeah. Because, of course, we know that there was no MAGA bomber. Yeah. There was no MAGA bomber. Quite right. Uh, Or Charlottesville protests, right? Or Charlottesville or any of the various right-wing terror, the guys who wanted to blow up an apartment complex in the Midwest that was full of uh, immigrants. That that didn't happen either. These things are all fake. It's just the leftists who are doing these. Here's the thing. This is a country of 360 million people. There are Mm -hmm. a lot of idiotic people within that 360 million. So if you cherry-pick examples from either side, to be fair... Then you're going to find plenty of examples of shitty people. Let's not use that to tar a whole group. How about that? How about we right. end on some optimism? Let's use just the majority of the Republican Party to tar, to tar the majority <laughs> of the Republican Party who go out there screaming uh, hateful things if that's, at other people. If that's your jam, then... Just a week ago, standing up in a, a... I think it was like a city council meeting and telling some guy to go back to his country or shit like that. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, it's not great. It's not a good look, people. It's not a good look. But let's end off this chapter, as I do with every chapter, by leading, reading. Well, it's going to have to be the last two paragraphs here because he. Because he does the stupid no David reason, but... Foster fucking Wallace thing. <laughs> of... <laughs> Don't you dare compare him to David Foster Wallace. No, he's Don't trying you dare to. compare him he's to a good writer. To. So it reads In recent years, the left has come together and decided that words are violence, which in the minds of its members makes it perfectly acceptable to use violence against people with whom they disagree. They have decided there are some things you just shouldn't say anymore. And when you say one of those things, you become the enemy. Yes, it's called the N-word. You shouldn't say it, and when you say it, you're the enemy. But words aren't violence. Uh, That was my parenthetical. That was my (laughs) parenthetical. That was not his words. The final sentence is, but words aren't violence. They're just words. Well... Yes, yeah. they're just words just ask which Mike I Pence. think you randomly put onto a page and somehow fell into something that was partially readable. 
That's what we got for the first two chapters of Donald Trump Jr.'s book, Triggered, How the Left Thrives on Hate and Wants to Silence Us, which I think is an ironic title in and of itself. We have to say, since this whole book is how he's the victim. Yeah. Yeah. And we should hate the left because they're terrible. Yeah. That's exactly true. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So have we... Have we learned anything from no. those first two chapters? No. <laughs> that was not an easy answer, thing. wasn't it? No, yeah. <laughs> I mean, other than that there's apparently more of this, there's another, like, 12 yes. chapters more of this? Let's let's hope that there's more of this, because honestly, we haven't gotten much out of this first no. chapter, first two chapters of the book. So that is it for this first episode, the inaugural episode, the if inaugural. you will, of the Not Your Love Grandmother's it. Book Club podcast. We are excited to be back. We are excited that you are listening with us, and uh, we are we are looking forward to where we're going to go. I mean, Benedict's not, but I I have a sort of masochism complex that yeah. makes me love these. Well, books. Well, Charlie Kirk's book just came out, so I'm looking forward <laughs> to that being our next one. No, no, we're waiting on Candace Owens' book to be the next one. Oh, okay. That's the one we have to do. But anyways, thanks for joining us here for this first episode. We'll be coming with more soon, and we hope you will join us and go over to patreon.com forward slash NYGBC, where you can become a member and help us get more podcasts out and keep the show going. That is it for this week's episode. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.